Ready? Go. What were you just doing? <laughs> I was rapping, obviously. Go. Go. <laughs> In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all, shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys, they were up to no good. Started getting trouble in the neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I like it. <laughs> That's a lot of afternoon television in the 90s. Yeah. I like Will Smith now that I see his kids mm -hmm. like just crushing it. Mm -hmm. And I love what they're doing on the Red Table Talks with Jada and Willow and yeah. Jada's mom. Brilliant. It's good. It's good when you have... I, I took Nolan. Well, Nolan took me because to Willow and Jade's tour. And it was just like, man, just as a fan, just as a parent, if you could have your kids want to be on the same stage together and tour, like, I don't care how good or bad you are <laughs> as an artist. It's just like, you're doing it. Yeah, like you cool. win as parents. Yeah. And so that's fun. Um, I just showered and I was putting on these socks that Jeanette got me for Christmas. And I just thought I am a 40, I'm 44 now, 44 year old man wearing weed socks. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. It's just, it's a fun world we're in right now. You wear weed clothes almost every day, in some form or fashion. Like earlier you had on your Flowers Are Not a Crime shirt, I do. now you're Look. wearing the weed <laughs> t-shirt. Like, this is not a surprise. I, I don't know, yeah, what is, um, but it's still, you were around my family a couple of nights ago, and Elise, well, you're kind of to blame, because you showed up smelling <laughs> like smoke. <laughs> And then I got blamed for it. Um, and what do you think that's like for you growing up as a kid that was sneaking weed? And now for my kids to be growing up and dad smells like weed. And you're sneaking weed. <laughs> I'm not sneaking anything. <laughs> like it's right here and it's right here. And I'm not sneaking it. But I guess um, Sip says sometimes it's loud. Yeah, it is loud. I don't know why it is that, you, I don't know if it's your packs, but you definitely smell like weed a lot, a lot. And you, but you don't think you ever smell like weed. <laughs> I don't think I ever do. Cipriana, does she ever smell like weed? Not as loud as you. <laughs> why is that? And if I smell like weed, it's because I was hanging out with you. I think I have better weed. Maybe. Way better smells. It's like, yeah, I mean, because you've but, been around the cheap no, stuff for so long. Well, you, yeah, but you give me all the weed, so I don't know. <laughs> I give you the weed. I'm your drug dealer now. <laughs> you, you ask, hey, hey, do you have any? I can't believe you just called yourself a drug dealer on our show. That is not what this is. No, but what do you think that's like? I, I can't imagine her position, honestly. I've been thinking about it because it's, it's confusing to her, probably, you know? But Because they knew me, but... They've never, I still don't know what they tell anyone about me, but for years it's like, oh, like Nolan's like, oh yeah, I tell them that you hand out Bibles at porn shows. But like, now you tell them we're praying and meditating and putting people under the light at pot shows. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Um, but could you imagine like... I couldn't, I mean like my parents didn't even drink when I was growing up. And so I can't really imagine that from their perspective, but I also think that there's such a like a noticeable line 
in like your life from when old Craig started smoking weed and then now current Craig that I feel like as annoying as it is probably that you smell like weed to the kids all the time they probably like you a lot more now (laughs) I don't think when you say I smell like weed all the time (laughs) like it's that was one time at least said that just last week at dinner but yeah, I think since I started smoking on the Pax Pen, I don't know. Maybe it is my Pax Pen smells more than yours. Yeah, but, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, as kids, I think that's that's an interesting kind of shift as parents. Um, I just made a decision from day one, like, I'm going to tell my kids. Right. And yeah, it started out mints and edibles and, you know, then a vape pen where you're just like, oh, this is easier because I can conceal this. And so that's when it was just like, oh, now it's, when you don't have to conceal it, like, I don't know, I thought we had a pretty good conversation. With yeah, I think so too. I think with her, t- the biggest thing is that you're smoking it. She doesn't like that you're smoking it, particularly, because yeah. of your lungs and, you know, that sort of thing. So she can't see different, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, well, so-and-so has been smoking their whole life, or, you know, this is yeah. not that bad for you, or whatever. But in her mind, it's just like you're combusting it into your lungs. She doesn't like that, and that's the biggest part of it that yeah. she has an issue with, I think. And then yeah. the fact that you're stinky, like, in front of their friends, that's... No, I don't... Yeah. Well, you were. That was, like, yeah, I think... Well, we both showed up. And so, <laughs> all that's to say is, I, I think what I said to my daughter was, do you like me, yeah, better today? Like, here's all the changes, you know, from not only moving to the beach to slowing down to just... You can't really argue with, with the changes. But I do try and be cautious. Like, I'm not... I mean, that was out... I think we had stepped outside and smoked something yeah. and then walked right in. And we right. were just both oblivious to like, oh, we smell like weed. Um, but yeah, I don't smoke in the house. Although they say the house smells like weed. So I don't have like a place to put the weed now that I buy flour so it doesn't smell. Yeah. So like my shoes, I put it in a closet in my little shoe bin. Yeah. That's not working. Any advice? We could design and develop a smell-free container. I'm sure there is one because it's a pretty big industry that somebody else. <laughs> Somebody's already thought of that one. out for people that are concealing it. Yes. Do you um, have any? What do you, how do you? No, there's. Well, I don't have to hide it. No, but and you like? How about if your roommate's like, "Hey, I don't like the smell of it." I mean, I I have it keep it in a cabinet in, in the kitchen, so it's like there's a designated weed cabinet in, in the kitchen in the kitchen randomly. So when you open it up, you definitely get like a little ooh something something happening in there. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, a safe deposit box, a... Yeah. I would just find the people that have already made one specifically for weed, because that obviously exists somewhere. Yeah. So. All right, we have an announcement to make. We do? Yeah, remember when I was oh, yeah. I told Jeanette? Jeanette's alive. Yeah, Jeanette is alive. <laughs> <laughs> Surgery went awesomely. She's, a tr- she's amazing. She's a trooper. She's healing really well. She's in great shape, so... What was your, give me your take on Friday. From her to me to you walking into that whole, yeah, the whole experience. It was kind of a strange day. It was kind of a strange day. Strange, like a lot of different things were us even finding Jeanette, wondering if we should even be there to right. pulling the catheter out of her. <laughs> in front. Like just the weight and then I think my journey, her journey, her, what's your take? I don't know. It was just like a nice day for me. Like it was just, I guess I didn't really think about it too much until I was like almost arriving. And then I kind of remembered that I historically don't do well in hospitals. Like I don't visit people well. I don't, hospitals really freak me out. Um, I have a lot of like fear and trauma around anything kind of in the medical space, I guess. So 
And I didn't, that didn't occur to me. Why? Just from like childhood and stuff that's happened. Like I was, had a couple of pretty traumatic experiences as a really young child, like 18 months, three years. I had an infection in my eye that they were thought was in my brain. So I, my very first memory is being in a CAT scan mm -hmm. and just, I can remember it so clearly. So um, yeah, and then just, I've had a lot of repeating kind of different types of medical traumas that just have kind of traumatized me. So but I, all personal? Uh, well, yeah. yeah, that. And then, like, my mom had a ton of surgeries and stuff when I was... My mom was always having something, some issue, something in the hospital all the time. So, like, being there to visit. Yeah, like, I don't know. Historically, just the hospitals definitely freak me out. And so I had forgotten about that until I was getting there. And then I got there, and you were outside. So we just sat outside for a while. And, yeah, you know, I, it, it was such a just a neutral experience for me in the sense that I was pleasantly surprised that I wasn't uncomfortable and freaking out. And then it, the whole day was just lovely. You know, it was just nice. Yeah. It was cool. So, yeah, it was interesting when they took us back for the recovery room. And she, we, it, it almost was too intimate back there. Like, this doesn't feel like guests or visitors should be here yet. It felt like she needed one more transport before it was like kind of visitor friendly, I guess, but yeah. it wasn't, that was fine. And she was really sweet when she woke up and when they took her mask off, like her whole face was just glowing. Like when they took the oxygen mask off of her, she was just like, she looked like an angel. So beautiful. And um, yeah, it was just nice. Like, it's just cool to be a part of your family, you know, like that's, that's the coolest part. Like this isn't just, it's a lot of ridiculousness and it's a lot of fun and like it's silly, but you know, just the, to be with Jeanette in that space and to see her and to like, when she like held her hand up like this to me and like held my hand and like that photo that you took of her and I talking like right after she woke up and she just, she said so many nice things to me, like when she was still in that sort of half druggy phase and yeah, it was just beautiful. It was just really lovely. Yeah. It was when I think you were texting, so I turned off my phone like for me, the first couple hours were really difficult because, I mean, Jeanette got wheeled in and she's just doing a peace sign, like smiling, like this is no big deal. And that's what she's truly believed. Um, and it's not that I didn't want to truly believe that. I, I was being shown, I, I believe from source, God, um, that like make every moment count. Mm. like it was your last mm -hmm. and so walking on the beach every night and you know gathering doing fun stuff with the family like we really did make it a a big deal to like celebrate like hey if this is all we have um but yet got really excited about you know this family vacation we're going to take this summer and so we all believing like this isn't it but we're it's still that just balance but those first couple hours i was just there at the hospital because the kids decided to stay back because we we didn't know how long this was going to be and we had to be there you know like 5 30 and so i think those first like two and a half hours i i just kind of just like when they wheeled her in it was just like well what about if this is really it mm. like did we did i do enough um like we got in a fight the day before um and we haven't fought like, I don't know, dude, a few times since like this work started, yeah. you know? And it's just like, fuck, why did I get in a fight? You know, it was just, 
like if that's really it and just you know there's so much still fear in me of of um did i really surrender this mm-hmm. and this voice that i've been following now for months like i feel responsible it went from like so encouraged that i got to share that with you didn't Jeanette, but then so responsible if it wasn't the voice, mm. if it was demonic, if it was all those things that I'm not all those things of like, I mean, there, there was a lot of fear of I never thought the voice is demonic. But when people say use of cannabis and getting in this altered state, mm-hmm. like, no, that's these are bad things. The devil's a liar. He's a, he's going to trick you. So there's about a, a couple hours of going what if the doctors are right, like we shouldn't have done this surgery or the doubt or and it was funny because then your texts were just like, hey, do you want a croissant? Like, you need something with sugar, anything, question mark, emoji. And it was just like, fuck, I'm like in the middle. I, mean, I wasn't responding. I looked later and it was just like you and Cipriano and Jeanette were all believing what you've heard. That, oh, she's going to be totally fine. And, you know, you show up ready to work and ready to just. And I right before you got there, it just kind of hit me that, like, she's going to be okay. Mm. And. Um, there's just a lot of lessons there. And it was just the fact that she got out of the, the, the hospital the same day. Um, it was a five hour surgery and they, they didn't have to cut her open. And, you know, in two weeks we'll find out if everything's clear, you know, from Jeanette wanted them to take pictures of all the things they took out of her body. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So it's, I don't know. The one thing that you just said that stuck out to me the most is that you feel responsible for fill in the blank. And I think that that is that's your work. Like that's the project at hand is to focus on not feeling responsible because if you're being led and you're trusting that you're being led, then whatever is leading you is responsible for it. And when we start taking the responsibility and putting it on ourselves, that's when the ego or the mind or whatever, the human construct, the Craig comes in and can fuck it up basically. And so the desire to kind of hold it as your own burden, your own responsibility, like that's the tricky part and that's the work. And like, so. So the, what I meant is like, and I want to hear your answer on it. It's like I showed Nolan and Jeanette a, what I call a way to pray, which is the listening ear. Now I have been doing that for years on cannabis. It became so much easier Mm. because I got a lot more quiet. So that's where Jeanette first discovered that, like, she was sick. Mm. And I heard the same night as well. And then when she's continued to ask the Lord in this way, what should I do? Doctors are saying one thing and she keeps listening. And so when you make a decision and she's wheeled in smiling, like, my response, like, that's where I go, oh, am I really okay no matter what outcome? Mm -hmm. And I was. Because it was just like... but that responsibility as an adult or as somebody's husband or, you know, as, as a parent to my child, it's like, what's that verse? Like train up a child in the way she should go so they don't depart from it. Like you want the responsibility as a parent or as a husband yeah. or as a friend or as an employee. Right. Um, but everyone's going to make their own decisions. Right. So how do you? Yeah, well, I think even with the cannabis meditations, like showing people how to use it in this way, like in a, some of it's in a public setting, some of it's in a private setting, whatever. But like basically, I, I hope that people will take what I show them in my meditations and practice it at home and, and do it that way. But I have to trust the greater 
good, but the greater purpose beyond it that's so much bigger than me and the fact, the reason I was being led to share them. Like, I believe that God has asked me to do this work. And so when I hold meditation for people and they decide to use what I've taught them in any way, I have to be completely surrendered to it. And I'm not emotionally invested in if whether or not they choose to use this in their life. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to let go of that responsibility because it's, if, if somebody then takes what I teach them and manipulates it in some way or uses it in a way that is not how the material was presented, not how the method was taught, that has nothing to do with me. And so, and same thing I think yeah. with what you're saying, like you're teaching your family how to hear God, how to hear the yeah. voice of God, how to feel God inside of them and to connect in a way that's very, very real. That is a humongous gift, a humongous gift. And so if you're teaching Jeanette how to trust the Lord basically is what you're doing. You're teaching your kids how to build a relationship with something they cannot see or touch or yeah. experience in this three-dimensional plane. A, there is no responsibility on you at all because it's, it, you should just, just, I don't know, just be so grateful that that's what you get to do and that's what God's entrusting you to do and then you trust God to do the rest of it. Okay. Yeah, you're not, that's not you. So unlike, okay, if I teach you how to drive, I'm responsible. But on this, I'm teaching you how to do something that's completely out of... But no, how, if you teach me, if you taught Nolan how to drive and he doesn't drive well, that's not your responsibility. Well, He's things. not practicing being a good driver. No, you but know? there's something, well, yeah. There's literally nothing. Like, I don't use my turn signal. So if, you know, or if I have my computer open when I'm driving... If he watches those, it doesn't matter what, what oh, I teach him, yeah. I would say. No, it's what you do. You're only responsible for yourself. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. And then kids are just, I mean, I'm not a parent, so well, I don't know how to parent. Your, your roommate has a dog, so that... Is that the same thing? I mean... <laughs> I don't think... No, just... Yeah, I think that my roommate having a dog is the same thing as somebody raising two teenagers. I don't think so. Hopefully they can um, infer my sarcastic tone from that if they're not watching. Um... <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. What's, you can give me a couple if they're short. I'll time you. <laughs> okay. If they're good, you can like right. keep talking the rest okay. of it. I mean, if, as far, what, what is one of the first things that you did after getting in this meditative state with cannabis and hearing God's voice? And early, when you started, okay, is this real? And you hear something and then you go respond to it in the real world when you put your costumes on and go out in public. Or what, what are some of those things? Um, well, every single time that it happens to me in meditation, I'm weeping, first of all. Just wanna make that known to the world. Like, full on just crying. It's impossible to not, in my opinion, like you can't come to the creator of the universe and not cry. Like it's just part of the, part of the deal. Um, yeah, well, I don't know because I've been working on trusting that in me as well this year. And so. Well, like going back, like obviously you, you started a cannabis meditation in public. Yeah. Once. But I'm talking before that, where you're like, okay, is this really like? So I, I don't I, get, not... I don't get it as a voice. I get it as an. It's just like it. It, it just is. No. So what are then? What did you do because of it? So because like, of this work. Pretty much. Give me just. What was the first thing? You remember the first thing? I don't. I don't know. Like. 
it's different because I guess I learned how to trust God to a degree a while ago, yeah. you know, so I've had an ongoing relationship with But cannabis ones, like, things you've you've heard. Um, well, we're, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not understanding the question well, but like, okay. So you're, you're sitting, in, you're sitting in, you said to me the other day when, during my cannabis meditations where I'm doing this, yeah. I need to have a voice yeah. recorder on or something so I can just make myself a mental note. Yes. Then you've said, and well, I'm also trusting that those will come back in. Yeah. And I believe they will. Like, um, so I, I try not to just interrupt that because it's just a lot, and then I find I find they do show up. But either either way, but when you're first in that stage, a couple years ago, or for me, it was like there's one experience back in March of 2018 that stands out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, really? Yes. It was like go on Facebook Live, which I haven't even been on Facebook. <laughs> Why it was like go on Facebook Live and make a video talking about how you're starting to use, how you've started to use cannabis. And it wasn't go mail it to your 170,000, you know, email list or all these things like with the ministry, it was just go on your Facebook live, which I hadn't been on forever. I was like, that's strange. And then it was like, when? By Sunday. And so I was like, oh, am I going to do it? And I did it Sunday at 11 o'clock, March. You can find it on my Facebook Live back from March of 2018. And it made no sense. Like, hi, I'm Greg. I just <laughs> want to tell you guys that, like, I use <laughs> cannabis. And I think it was just like, get, get, I know why now I did that. Because it was like, get ready. I'm preparing you for something. And now it's like, hey, we're decriminalizing these, you know, yeah. like we're, um, and I did it and I was okay. Yeah. And then I did something else. Yeah. Um, I remember one morning I got a download. It was this whole issue about pain. And it was just like this word resentment just kept coming through. Mm. And then I Googled resentment and my, one of my best friends, Levi's poem shows up. And I was like, oh, I love this poem. It was like, wait, resentment? I never really understood the word. And then it was mm. just like this whole thing hit me. So all I, in the morning, I just hit record on a video and then I sent it to the whole staff. And of course I had already bought in resentment.org like, cause I couldn't get the .com. And I was like, hey guys, we should do this whole thing about resentment. Mm. And it, no one said, oh, Craig's totally high or Craig's like, I lost his mind. And then people are like, like, when have you been working on this? Mm -hmm. It was like, I, like literally just it all kind of hit me. Yeah. So like those kind of things where you're like, I heard something, I felt something. I went and responded, I did it. But I was trying to go back to like, what are those? I honestly probably can't even pinpoint it. I don't. I don't even know. And now I look at it and it's as you're just telling the story and I'm like, okay, now I know what you're asking me, but it's, it's constant for me. It's know, literally constant. I know now <laughs> that's what I'm, but I'm trying to go back if, because it, I, for me, it wasn't constant. Now it's all the time. It's yeah. like, Hey, what are I doing today? Yeah. Um, and then I watch and I pay attention to who shows up. It sounds crazy. Like, where are we getting money from? Like this all looks good, but like we haven't shipped one product. <laughs> Everything's been free. And it's like, it kind of freaks you out when you're in this stage now, but not when you can go back to, I think, the beginning and go, I remember when I did that. And I'm glad I did. Be like cutting my hair. Yeah. After a journey, was it showed up. And it was like, that's stupid. Yeah. You, you're like, coffee? Coffee? Come 
God, out of all the world's problems to deal with, why am I dealing with, like, and then you stop drinking coffee, except for. Wow, that was so dramatic. <laughs> was that close? I don't know. I hope not. I really hope not. Was that close? That was really close. I feel like. I can think of these experiences in terms of ones that I was fighting more give than the ones some. that I was accepting. Give, so, okay, give, so give just my, the meditation one is an easy one to start with. So when I started doing the cannabis meditations by myself in my room and I did multiple of them. And at the time I was kind of creating my coaching curriculum and I was working with my stepmom. And so she was helping me build out my curriculum program for when I was doing cannabis coaching, when I am doing cannabis coaching, whatever. And, um, we had already talked a ton about meditation and all that. And I had kind of been dropping little hints on her to see if she would be comfortable kind of following me on this random journey that I was sort of creating as I was going. And then I was like, Hey, I want to try a cannabis meditation with you. And she was like, okay. And so she was, wherever she was in Minnesota. So she had a medical license. So she had access to cannabis there. Mm -hmm. And so one day I just told her to smoke some of her, she was using a little vape. I said, smoke some of your vape and I'm going to guide you through a meditation. And I just remember it being, so, I was so terrified, so terrified. And so even before that, when I had the idea, I was like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's the thing I should be doing. That seems weird, you know? And because I'm not how a meditation you, teacher. How often do you? Oh, I mean, I feel, I feel like God and I are wrestling right now with the Defiant Dreamer Project. And so even last night during the meditation that we were doing, like, yeah, like that is confronting for me to to do all of that stuff and to put myself out there in that way and to be seen like that i guess you know um it's one thing to why well, is it any different there than like what you've been doing because what i've been doing is just being silly and just being me on the so instagram like this doing oh what do you mean like what you're doing you have two cameras a guy behind the camera lights okay. on you right like i know but you're here and we're talking about cannabis and it's like there's a, you know it's just it's not just me doing my thing you know and just doing weird things and creating stuff that like i think can help people it's it's the imposter syndrome it's the fear it's the fraud is i'm not good enough i'm not qualified enough like all of that shit comes up for me and then it's like how arrogant of you what you think you're just going to make yourself into a brand and sell stuff with things that you like on it it just seems so i don't know it's it's uncomfortable it's stretching me really it's stretching me a lot but at the, and at the same time there's a knowing inside of my being that like this is exactly what i'm supposed to do and so it's learning how to hold both of those things simultaneously. And that's where you find the courage to keep going and show up to a photo shoot and, you know, be in a fucking warehouse with two videographers and like, and like people coming to do work for you, you know, it's just, oh, it's, it's uncomfortable. And it's, the most exhilarating, exciting thing I've ever done. And so it's pushing me in every stretch of the imagination. So like there's days that I'll sit there and I'll cry in gratitude because I'm so grateful for the team and for you guys coming up and helping me and like overwhelmed in how just grateful I am, you know? And then there's days like last night where I'm crying, like I don't want to fuck this up and I don't want to fuck it up, you know? for for everything you know like for us and for the team and what we're trying to do and then 
for the people that I know that I can help. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck it up. So yeah, it's, but what's that wrestling? Cause I don't, you've on break, you were telling me how my brain's different because I can understand some different fun books that you're not enjoying <laughs> reading. Um, so I have a bit of a trouble understanding this side of you because I've read in your, one of the projects she's working on is a journal and it's got a bunch of journal prompts and it's got journal and it's, it's stuff you talked about in your journal that you wrote. And so I read that and these were things written far back. Yeah. And so if you saw the vision and you know what you have and you know, what you, I mean, inside your journal, you have laid out quite a few different plans of different ways that you want to help women and men. Right. So now like, so for me to like, I've seen that. And so that's to me, like, I believe it. And then you're like, oh yeah, just go do it. So then why is, what's the wrestling really like then? Cause it's not like you're being stretched into doing something that you weren't prepared for yeah. or that you didn't want. I think, yeah, I know. And would that be harder if it's just some surprise, hey, you gotta just go, we want you now to go, I don't know, like train in the medical field and just, you know, lay all this stuff down and just become a doctor missionary to another <laughs> third world country. Oh God, I couldn't do that ever. That would, I couldn't <laughs> like do that. Like compared to, hey, everything that you've written out in here, now like, oh, yeah. like, yeah, go do that. Yeah. Is it, that's what I want to know. Like, well, how, I think, that? well, so, you know, there's a lot of different elements going on right now. It's a, com like, it's a combination of being seen in that way. It's a combination of establishing my authority and declaring that I know what I'm talking about. You know, that, you know, my mom made the comment the other day. She's like, you should just tell people that you, uh, you study or you read your own emotions and you read the emotions of other people for a living. She was like, that's what Brene Brown says when she doesn't want to talk to people on the plane. <laughs> okay, that's a good idea. But yeah, so it's like establishing my voice as an, as an authority in this conversation. You know, like that part is, is tricky for me. And, and so... What part? Establishing my voice as an authority in this conversation. Like the fact that I feel like I have something to teach someone. So you know. do you have to, do you feel you have to prove that um, or do you, is this doing that? Yeah, I think so. It's definitely helping. It definitely helps. Um, yeah, I, I, this, this is the thing. It's, I've learned that everything in life worth having is the second that you just jump off of the fucking cliff. And so for me now, the trust comes in and it's like, just because I'm wrestling with these things, these thoughts, these fears, these old self-sabotaging patterns that I'm confronting 100% of them, like you laugh at me for not wanting to organize email, but it's like, this is a deep-rooted self-sabotage pattern of mine. So it's not just learning a book and learning a system. It's learning about the, all of the new, this is a whole new level of ways that I have hindered my growth for my entire life. And I didn't know it, you know? Like what you said to me the other night, the fact that you haven't invested in yourself is the biggest hindrance to your, to your development. And that's absolutely true. And so now I'm seeing that as, as truth and now I'm working through that layer. So it's like every time you think that you get to a place of healing or a place of like embodiment or empowerment, then you, there's another level. There's another new thing to learn about yourself and to evolve and to grow and it's fucking hard. This is why a lot of people don't wanna go on a journey of growth. 
So to me, it's like, even though that I struggle with this and I wrestle with the fear and all the stuff and trying to establish my authority and figure out how to make a content calendar and post it, like I know with my brain how to do that, but then to say that this is my thing and now I have an assistant who's gonna help me do this thing, like, yeah, it's just, I, I wrestle with it, but I'm still jumping off the fucking cliff. You know, like I'm still going, I'm still in. I'm all 100%, 100%. But I also feel like sometimes I'm like digging my heels into the ground. Yeah. Because it's scary. It's scary. This is why people don't pursue their most, what they believe their their calling on earth is, their soul's passion to be here. It's so terrifying to put the thing that you value more than anything else out for the public to criticize. And I was thinking about it the other day, the public is so critical right now. Like the internet is the scariest place on earth right now, essentially. And we live on a scary earth right now. But like people are so angry behind their screens and they're so judgmental and they say such horrible things. And so it's like, of all the, like that's probably the biggest and scariest part is like the aggressive criticism, especially talking about cannabis is spiritual or, you know, like these are deep seated emotional. Does Does that criticism, can you fall off or does it? Sting. I don't know. I've never had it really before. I've never really uh-huh. been in a position to experience it. And I think criticism is one thing like, oh, that's not really for me or you guys are doing a weird thing. But it's like when people are outright and like hateful, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and just say things to hurt. Like that yeah. part to me is scarier than just criticism, uh-huh. you know. Um, and so, yeah. And, and it's like, and they're criticizing the thing that is the only aspect of my being yeah. that is significant and important to me, you know. What's the last thing you said no to, to God? Or not yet? Um, I don't know. I don't... Or what's the last time you remember doing that? I don't know. I don't... I don't know. I can't think of a time that I've said no to God. Um, but again, I don't know if my dialogue sounds the same as yours does, you know? So like my conversations with God, a lot of them are, it's felt, it's not words, it's not language, it's not mental at all. It's just a, it's a knowing in my body. But like you knew God said quit your job, which is interesting that... December 31st, you, you were done, and January 6th, they went Yeah, they laid bankrupt. everybody so, off, yeah. But, so like, a time where you're like, oh, I know I'm supposed to do something, yeah. or feel it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, so for me, it's, it's, it's interesting between all of us, because like, Superano's like, sees things, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I hear things, you feel things. Yeah. You know, obviously we're all... So it's kind of, like, it kind of comes as a thought and a, and a somatic experience at the same time. But I remember, like, yeah, thank you for reminding me. That's a great example. But sometimes if I get a thought without the, like, the body response or the body knowing, then I don't, I don't necessarily trust it because I know my own brain. I know what it's capable of. And sometimes the defiant, I mean, the defiant diva is the brain, is the mind. That's what it is. Yeah. Anytime that, it, like, the, the, what you're joking and saying, the defiant dreamer, that, or defiant diva, that expression of, ah, you know, whatever, that's it fear, was. that's all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, yeah, if I get a thought that, sound, even if it sounds, 
and it's in alignment. It's the character of right. God. It's I, you know, there's a thing. But if I don't have that physical knowing in mm. my body, then I don't just like do it, you know. Okay. But like the morning that I woke up and I knew that was the day to quit okay. the job, it was like the thought came into the mind. Today is the day to quit the job, and the body said yes. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I did that. Okay. What do you think when you? Because you've heard a lot of mine where it's like, oh, now I'm supposed to do this, or from, you know, my birthday to even going to Vegas for Christmas to the lights to this football. It just, I don't know. There seems to be something every day. And then right. I'm like, oh, and for me, I'm so quick on things. Cause it's just like, oh, what's, I'm always looking for what's next as right. well. So it's just like, well, cool. If I have to cut my hair, then there's probably something else coming. So then I, I find myself with my new friends, you know, and family and even how my kids are talking of just, oh, I got a download or I got something. And then I just did it and trusted it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like I, I can remember a bunch of things that I held off on yeah. for, a, well, pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. And then once you do those things, like the rest seems pretty easy, if, even if they're wild. But right. like what you're watching and how we're just, I mean, even building this company. Right. Like, how do you even describe that? Or like what you're seeing in like, oh, yeah, we're, we're responding to these things in a different way. Right. Yeah, well, it's the felt sense of trust, you know, like, and that is something which is interesting because most humans don't even know what it feels to trust anything, um, like to truly trust and to find out what, what does that feel like in your body? If you can recall something in your mind that you say that you trust, whether it's your partner, your spouse, whatever, blah, 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 your family, like if you think of that person and you think, oh, I trust them. Well, do you trust them with your brain and the decision to trust them? Or do you trust them with, like, can you actually feel what trust feels like? And so once you know what trust feels like, which it feels really secure, it feels really peaceful, it feels um, almost like just like a groundedness. It's yeah. very grounding. And so when I met you guys and the team and everyone came together, it was like, I just trusted it. I could feel trust in that relationship and all of the relationships that we have. And so that's just, again, it comes back to, I follow it in that felt sense. And so being here and all of this weird stuff that we do and what do we do and what are you building? And you know, all of this questions and stuff that we're working on all these different projects. It's like, I can't see what's beyond tomorrow. Like yeah. I can't, you know, like that's the other thing. So it's like, you say you want trust, yet you have to know the whole picture. And it's like, we just, that's not how it works. Yeah. And so I'm just trusting it. And, but not even like I'm making the mental decision to trust it. It's like my body is trusting. And yeah. so I'm just like, oh, okay. So then that to me is divine. Like that to okay. me is God saying, yeah. this is where you're supposed to be because I have you literally like rooted here. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's easier to follow. Let's go home now. Uh, well, we have one more episode to shoot. Okay. And I've got a good idea for it. All so right. I'm going to trust. I don't know if I, yeah, I felt it. I felt it. I heard it. I smelt it. <laughs> um, all the above. So next week, thanks for however you take this in. However you receive us, we're grateful.